Ready, set, go! Do I need a level 2 charger at home or can I just use the one that comes with the car? Welcome to the EV Diaries, the best place for EV knowledge and experience in small town America. I'm Ben. I'm an engineer, entrepreneur, EV owner for over a year now, and your humble host. Do I need a level 2 charger at home? It's a common question that I have been asked frequently. Well, let me say, first of all, at level 1 and level 2, the charging actually occurs on board the car or truck. Um, the piece of equipment people are referring to is actually known as an EVSE, or Electric Vehicle Supply Equipment. It's basically a device that converts the power in your home into a usable form for your vehicle. But a lot of people new to EVs or the EV curious typically just call it a charger. It's a subtle mistake and a minor distinction in this discussion, but erroneous. We'll set that aside. The question, do I need a level 2 charger, or can I just use the one that comes with a car, is like most things, it depends on a person's expectations and their needs. Basically, the short answer is yes with an if, or a longer answer of no with a but. Let's look at level one charging. These EVSEs, and if I do wind up calling it a charger, don't give me any grief. Um, like I said, for this discussion, it's okay. Uh, these EVSEs at level one operate in America at 60 hertz and 120 volts. This is your typical household voltage for a standard outlet. Most EVSEs at level one draw about 12 amps, so basically they can provide 1.44 kilowatts of power. In the grand scheme of things, that's not a lot. This basically translates into 1.44 kilowatt hours of energy for every hour that the car is plugged in. Keep in mind too that this is a mathematical calculated rate. Um, subtle differences in the EVSE or the amount of heat it generates, etc., 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 may change the actual amounts, but we're sort of splitting hairs at this point. What I'm saying is that level one is slow, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but Let's take an example using my i3. If you've listened to the show at all, you know that I talk about my state of charge in percentages. So let's see what it would take to raise my 33 kilowatt hour battery 10% or 3.3 kilowatt hours. Delivering at 1.44 kilowatts at level one, it would take about two hours and 20 minutes to raise my battery 10%. My car is roughly getting about uh, one mile per percent, so this is going to get me somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 miles of range 
in 140 minutes. So you can see that a battery, depending on its size and its state of charge, could take a very long time to recharge. The rule of thumb for level one is roughly three to four miles of range per hour of charging. And if you look at my example, it falls in that range. Now let's consider level two, which occurs at a 240 volts as opposed to 120. Um, that's the same as a, a clothes dryer or a water heater in America. And the delivery to the car is in the neighborhood, and again, this is theoretical, somewhere between seven to 10 kilowatts. This is based on the amperage rating of the device. So for the sake of discussion, we, we're going to assume that a draw of 32 amps in making these calculations. So that makes the power delivery 7.7 kW. You can see right there that a level two EVSE is delivering energy at more than five times that of a level two EVSE. So let's look at the same example of my battery. 3.3 kilowatt hours, but now we're delivering it at 7.7 kW. If you look at this, you only have to charge about 26 minutes as opposed to the two hours and 20 minutes at level one. And just to prove the point that this is a theoretical number, uh, let's look at my last charging session, which um, added 58% to my state of charge, and I consumed 17.9 kilowatt hours in a duration of two hours and 25 minutes. Again, that's more than five times faster than the level one. If you recall, I got only about 10 miles in that two hours and 20 minutes of our calculation. I also might point out that the accepted range for most discussions um, per hour of charge for level two is somewhere between 20 and 25. And again, if you do the calculations, this is in the ballpark. Um, I might add at this point, for those of you playing along at home, the actual output for this session was 7.46 kW. And there again, uh, we were discussing a theoretical 7.7. This is what is on paper versus what actually happens in the real world. Okay, so we've established that level one is much slower than level two. So do you need a level two charger at home? And like I said, the short answer is yes, with an if. If you have a longer commute or just want the flexibility to shorten your charge times, then level two is going to provide that. And that's the way to go. If you drive shorter distances, but you don't want to charge every day, then level two is the way to go. If you want to control your charging sessions for things like time of use rates, or for like me, you want to monitor every electron that like some mad scientist 
then you can only get that with a level 2 DVSE. I did an episode last February or March of 2020 when I was getting ready to purchase my level 2 EVSE and I went with the Juicebox 40 by the way um, but in that episode I outlined what was important to me and if you want to go back and uh, review the questions that I was asking myself that's a great episode it all comes back to identifying how you want to operate your vehicle the long answer which I said was no with a but, sort of plays out this way. Your car comes with a perfectly good EVSE. Um, or at least it should. With the used EV market, um, you may find a situation where it's missing. I can't imagine the level of psychotic depravity that would allow a person to sell an EV without a perfectly usable EVSE. But anyway, if for some reason it isn't available when you purchase the vehicle, the relatively inexpensive, um, and you should be able to pick pick up one off of Amazon. If you don't have a long commute, but the car will be sitting for several hours overnight, you may get by with a level one. I drive about uh, 30 miles a day working from home, if you can imagine that. My car sits at least six hours, so theoretically I can replenish about 22 to 24 miles overnight. If I'm driving 30 and only charging to 24, eventually I'm going to have to slow down and have a longer session at some point. If you don't mind charging every day or have access to public charging in your community where you work or maybe some of the places you you frequent, then a level one might be all you need. If this is not the case, and um, in small town America it usually is, then it comes back to the question of how long can you actually let your car sit plugged in when you're not using it. Level 1 might be perfect if you have access to a 120-volt outlet and all those places that I described at your workplace or, or where you frequent. But even though they're portable, plugging up every time you stop may become inconvenient, especially when it's raining. Um, level 1 is simple, but... There again, you have no control over your state of charge. There's no apps. There's no timers, internally anyway, or at least not that I'm aware of. There's just no bells and whistles. All you're doing is charging when it's plugged in and not charging when it's not. The point I'm trying to make is that L1 is perfectly fine, but it may not fit your lifestyle. And like picking out an EV... What suits your needs is the most important consideration. How you want to live and how you want to operate your car is the first step, the essential question that has to be answered or you're going to set yourself up for a bad experience. 
this dovetails perfectly with a webinar that I attended recently. Tennessee Tech, which is in Cookville, Tennessee, in conjunction with some other entities, has a program where they will let you borrow a Nissan Leaf for two weeks. Tennessee Tech also has charging infrastructure on campus, including a 62.5 kW DC fast charger. Now, in case you're not familiar with Cook, Tennessee, and I'm, or Cookville, I'm sorry, if you're not familiar with Cookville, Tennessee, and I'm betting you're not, um, it's right between Knoxville and Nashville, just off of I 40. Um, it's the definition of small town America. Uh, also, Nissan has a plant. I know that they build trucks there in Smyrna, Tennessee. I don't know if this is uh, where the leaf is being built or not, but it's just interesting that uh, Smyrna is just southeast of Nashville, and I'm not sure if that played into the decision to use the leaf or if there was some... Uh, some partnership there on that that front. Anyway, in the webinar, after describing their their program and their success so far, they had three participants relay their their experience. So, uh, the first gentleman, uh, he already owned a Nissan Leaf. It was an older Leaf, but uh, he was sort of their ringer. He knew exactly what he was doing. He had a short commute. He had a level two charger at home. He took advantage of charging in town. He mentioned charging while he would take his daily run because the um, the charging structure or infrastructure there on campus was close to a running path. Um, to say the least, he had a good experience. Now, I'm going to skip the second and go to the third gentleman who uh, had a slightly longer commute and um, was pretty active. He, he did things after work. He talked about not having level two at home, but he did take advantage of public charging, including hanging out one night at, um, at a Waffle House, or it might have been a Huddle House after a football game while his car charged a short distance away. Now, if you've ever been to the South, when I say Waffle House or Huddle House, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But essentially, it's a 24-hour diner, and they're usually, uh, they have other things on the menu, but uh, I recommend breakfast. Anyway, I want to focus on the second participant, and this was a lady who, this first-time EV driver, uh, she had a 45-minute one-way commute, and she only had the Level 1 EVSE that was provided with the car. Her experience wasn't as good. Uh, she definitely loved the car, and she was impressed with the overall EV experience, but she had some serious infrastructure deployment apprehension, or as the rest of the world says, range anxiety. Um, she felt like she um, she didn't have the infrastructure she needed to make sure that she got to her destination safely and without issue. 
Um, now, I do have to say she never mentioned actually, you know, running out of electricity and having to have the car towed, but she really felt that she could not get the level of charge overnight that she would be comfortable with for her commute. Um, so, clearly, uh, this leaf, and I'm not sure if she had the 150-mile version or the 220-mile version, but that car didn't necessarily fit her needs. Or perhaps, and this may be more accurate, the choice of EVSE didn't fit her needs. I'm wondering if a level two charger wouldn't have given her a better and completely different experience than what she reported. Again, she was a fan of the car, but she was she was just really, really missing the infrastructure she felt that she needed to make that a daily drive. Either way, in certain circumstances, an L1 may be all you need. But in my opinion, I would tell you to go ahead and just get the L2, if nothing else, for the convenience factor. Um, I would also tell you to get a smart device, but there again, that's my inner nerd coming through. And if you do think that level one will work for you, for now, try it. Of course, if you ever upgrade to a level 2, you'll be amazed at the difference. And if you start at a level 1 and it doesn't work for you, Amazon is more than happy to sell you one and you can probably get it in about two days. That's it. That's all I've got for this episode. It's pretty basic, but it was a good exercise. Hit that subscribe button, share with your friends, and remember... The EV revolution is here. Regardless of how you charge it, it's a fun ride.